Hey everyone, sons, daughters, grandfathers, grandmothers of Saturday. Thank you for joining us. We got a, a jam-packed episode for you here. Um, interview with Brad Worthman and Evan Massengill. Um, really good interview and uh, really enjoyed it. Kind of shedding some light on the Hokie Club and uh, all things involved there. I will say, we are going to do another series. Uh, get Brad back on at some point in September to talk about game day operations and all that goes into game day operations in Lane uh, as well as Castle Coliseum, um, everything like that. And uh, send us your questions because it's going to be fantastic. Wanted to deliver two quick updates. The first being that Wilfried Pene, I believe I'm saying that correctly, our 2020 tight end from France has officially figured out a way to get to the United States and join the Virginia Tech football team at training camp. So he is on his way. Uh, the reports were this morning that he has jumped on a flight and will be in Blacksburg soon. So that is fantastic news and really uh, big props to the football uh, program for figuring that out and getting him over here. In addition to that, wanted to give a big-time shout-out for former Virginia Tech soccer player, uh, goalkeeper Ben Lungard. Ben made an incredible save uh, in the MLS last night, and he actually uh, placed him at number 7 from the Sports Center Top 10, uh, made an incredible save, dove to his left, and uh, pushed it back, hit the crossbar, and uh, stayed in play instead of going in. So shout-out to Ben, shout-out to Hokie Soccer, as well. Other than that, we got a quick haiku, and I'm going to do this one on the fly. I've uh, been doing some haikus on the fly lately, so here's one. Worthman on the pod. Hokie Club with Evan Mass. Alright, that's alright. That's seven syllables. Keep jumping Hokies. Alright, you know, pretty mediocre haiku. But uh, we'll, we'll come back next week with a better one. And as always, the Sons of Saturday podcast is presented to you by the Main Street Pharmacy. Big shout out to Jeremy. My, uh, my father, my mom, my sister, they all were in Blacksburg moving my sister in this past week. My dad said he went into the Main Street Pharmacy. He got to meet Jeremy. said he's the nicest guy ever. I mean, what more could you ask for from your local pharmacist? Jeremy and his friendly staff. They'll greet you with a smile underneath their mask, but you can see it in their eyes. They care about Virginia Tech. They care about the New River Valley community. They care about alumni. Give your business to Jeremy. He's got all your COVID-19 necessities. They got, uh, they got it going on at the Main Street Farm. But without further ado, we welcome Brad Worthman and Evan Massengill. Everybody, thank you for joining us here. It is Wednesday, August 19th, and we are excited to be joined. We are thrilled to be joined by uh, members of the Virginia Tech Athletic Department and the Hokie Club. Uh, today, we have special guest Brad Worthman, who celebrated his three-year anniversary at Virginia Tech on Monday. He's Woo! the Senior, senior Associate mm -hmm. Athletic Director for External Operations. 
And then uh, additionally, we have Evan Massengill, who is the associate director of Major Gifts in the Hokie Club. Welcome, Brad, and welcome, Evan. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks so much for having us, guys. So the idea of this whole uh, this whole conversation was we have gotten so many questions surrounding, hey, you know, we want to talk with the Hokie Club. We want to talk about kind of where we are. Uh, and we have seen so much traction and we've seen so many things trending uh, in the right direction. But at the same standpoint, there are some really important things that we're going to need to address, especially brought about by the new climate of everything going on here. Um, so we wanted to get in front of some Hokie Club leadership here, shoot, uh, shoot, talk a little bit about, you know, what's been going on, where are we going and how are we getting there? So very just kind of conversational here and just want to shine a light on one of the hardest working departments and quite honestly, one of the most important departments in the future of Virginia Tech Athletics. So uh, again, can't thank you all enough for joining us. So before we kick things off, um, just want to hear, you know, high level from Brad and Evan. Um, Brad, you can start. You know, what exactly is your role? What is your day-to-day made up of? Um, and then same to you, Evan, and then we can kind of dive into the Hokie Club. Certainly. So uh, role day-to-day, quite honestly, is uh, to to do whatever our team needs. You know, when, when I think about external operations and what that means, we try to be the the go-between between our fan base and our programs. And that that can include a variety of things. Uh, that can include things like the video content that you see. You know, I know you all had Daniel Sabatino on here previously. He is a wizard. Um, the graphic content that you see from some of the wizards on our team, Ben Smith, Darby Taylor, the like, um, to the way we use and the way we help folks with their ticketing needs, the way we do fundraising, the way we do communications across the board, it, when I when I boil it down, we're the connective tissue between all of the pieces of the puzzle that interact with our fan base on a daily basis. Um, and so that that really, when I when I think about external operations, that's what it means. Uh, it's about finding a way to help the passionate Hokie fans uh, stay passionate, and the folks who are on the fence about us become passionate Hokie fans. Right? That's the goal. So that's. When I boil it down, that's that's my day-to-day responsibility. Yeah, and, and I would say my day changes every day. I think that's what I love about this job and this career is the fact that um, my title is a major gift officer, but ultimately I work in every space. Um, if, if I answer the phone, I might be talking to an annual fund owner. I might be talking to a, a major gift owner. And, and so whether it's capital or annual fund or major gift, simply my job is to bridge the gap and connect donors back to Virginia Tech to make them feel like they're in Blacksburg while they're in California or they're in Houston or they're in Atlanta. So that's pretty much my job. And it's pretty much why I love it. One part too, that, that I may add to mine, I, I have a, a distinct privilege of working with a super talented team. And, and I don't know, you know, I mean, we feel so confidently about so many of our coaches and our student athletes. Um, and the, the team behind the team is really the team that, that I'm responsible for. And I wish that I could explain to everybody, and, and I can't because there aren't enough hours in a day, quite frankly. I wish I could explain how hard they work and how dedicated they are and how much they care. Uh, it's a, an amazing group of people that I, I get the good fortune and the privilege of going into work with every day. And so um, hopefully what folks will see through this conversation, right, is that they're, they're busting their tails and they're finding a way. And uh, in the middle of chaos, right, they're doing their thing. So, Brad, um, kind of just to start us off here, you know, 
to those who may ask you what it is, what is the Hokie Club to an outsider who is a Virginia Tech alum? You know, they might engage in one football game a year or, you know, they might get down once every five years. But what is the Hokie Club and how would you describe it? Absolutely. So the, the simplest way to say it is, and, you know, Coach said it the other day when he was on here, the Hokie Club is the single most important thing that our fan base can do to help move Virginia Tech athletics forward. Not, we understand that not everybody can be in Blacksburg for games, and we get that. What the Hokie Club can be and what you as, as a Hokie fan or, or what you as – and, again, whether that is you grew up here or you went to school here or you, you just love us, you being a member of the Hokie Club provides direct financial support to support the scholarships that we give to student-athletes, to the manner in which we coach them on in the – athletic competition or in academic settings or the way they help the Blacksburg and NRV community. That is, it's the centralized source of funding that a lot of the initiatives that we work on specifically with our student athletes come to life from. And I I don't know, there's probably no better way for me to phrase it than it's the single most important thing folks can do no matter where they are. And, And this is the way that we kind of structured it. So you know, right out of the gate, what we want to do is we want to address, okay, what are some of the challenges that we're facing in the Hokie Club now? And, you know, an easy thing to do and what a lot of folks across the ACC do is Iptay at Clemson is one of the most, you know, they're on fire right now. I mean, they have 17,000 members, half of which are giving over $1,600 a month, or I'm sorry, a year, $63.7 million in 2019. And, you know, just from looking at it before speaking to anybody, I was like, you know, why can't, or, you know, that can be us, you know, we have a community and we have a group of people that love Virginia tech. Um, and I think if we just get the hokey club cool again, and I, I know that's something kind of to laugh about, but I think if more people understood what's going on and, and kind of got some organization here, uh, we would be able to really make some strides. So I wanted to kind of open it up to you to, kind of discuss what kind of challenges you all have faced in the past and some of the strides that we've made here uh, in the present. Yeah. I mean, I, I always love the IPTE reference, right? Um, the I pay 10 a year. Um, Clemson did a great job with it and they transitioned theirs in what, 1934. And it's, it's, you know, they, their entry level is now like $73. So it's, it's a lot different than I pay 10 a year um, nowadays, but, Ultimately, we we did. We structured ours pretty much similar to that when Carly Northup and and, um, Trey Frazier made the new Hokie Scholarship Fund in in 2015. Uh, They structured it very similar to to Clemson's IPTE. So we're just like 90 years behind um, on, on that regard. And it's, it's the no one's fault, right? It's just, that's the way that that it was changed at that point. So, um, you know, we're getting there and we will get there. And and I tell everybody I'm jacked up to have Brad as, as the leader of the Hokie club now, because that's a challenge, right? Um, ultimately, uh, when we, when you don't have, um, when you have silos, when, when the Hokie club is not under athletics or not under advancement, um, we're now under Brad and external and we're part, we feel a part of the team on both sides. So we're really excited about that. Yeah. And going off of that, you know, you mentioned the Hokie club is now under Brad. I know Brad has kind of shifted over and had uh, the Hokie club under his leadership now um, for, I guess, close to a year. Um, I wanted to know from, from an external perspective, um, you know, the hierarchy of how, how things work, because it's not necessarily 
specific to the university. It's a organization under the athletic department, you know, even from like a president Sands leads the university wit leads the um, athletic department. How is the hierarchy and structure um, operate out of the Hokie club as far as from like a staffing perspective? So it's a, it's a great question. Um, and, and one, to, it was kind of you to say it's been, it's been about a year. Um, so Evan, if I, if I say this incorrectly, please don't yell at me, just correct me politely. Uh, the way I, the way I view the hockey club, right. And the way I view our staffing, there's a, there's two, uh, there's probably three parts that I would identify. There's the transformational giving, right. And there are the people on our team, like Evan in, in his current role and others who are working with, so many of our high level, incredibly generous folks who are transformationally changing the trajectory of Virginia Tech, right? And that, that's important because that component matters. Then there's the, and I'll use this phrase even though I don't mean it exactly in this way, but there's the transactional component of, of philanthropy. And there is the, hey, I, I, I can't donate a million dollars to you, but I can give you a hundred dollars because I believe in the mission of Virginia tech and the student athletes that I want to support, but that's all that I can give. Oh, great. Excellent. Right. And that goes to the, the IPTE example. There is this transactional component where you, you think about it no differently than any other charity you may support. Right. I mean, there, that is what you are. You're able to give what you give and we say, thank you and, and provide some level of benefit associated with that. Um, and so those are, those are two critical components and that it doesn't necessarily explain the exact day to day of, of this is who reports the who, and this is how it all lives. And, but there are, there are teams that are working in my mind, right? There are teams that are working on this major gift and how we find the people who will transform our program. There are, uh, there's a team of people working on our drive for 25, right? And how we move mass quantities of Hokie fans to become contributors and donors, and then there's the stewardship component, how we, and this is easier said than done, how we just say thank you, right? And how do we make sure that whether you give us $100 or $100 million, how do we make sure that you feel like we love you? Because that's the truth, is that we do and we appreciate it. And for some, $100 million may be an easy thing, right? If, if you're available, feel free to give me a call. We'll tell my number at the end. Um, <laughs> And if you're, if you can only give us a hundred dollars, that, that may be a hundred million for you. Right. And so we appreciate that and we respect that. And we want you to know we appreciate it. So there's that. Thank you. And what I'm most excited about is, or, or equally excited about is merging these two units between all the rest of the good work that various members of our team do from again, video content to the way we handle game day on and on down the line merging that in and having this overlap between donors, season ticket holders, philanthropic members, folks who live out of state. How do we show Hokie Nation and the true power of Hokie Nation uh, in one fell swoop? So you mentioned it here, and I think this is something that I, 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 I want to applaud you all first. And I think it's something, you know, and this is the reason we did this is we wanted to say that there have been incredible strides that the Hokie Club has made recently. And you mentioned thanking people and making people feel a part. Uh, the biggest things that I've noticed um, are things that you would have had to dig to find, uh, but still are a little difficult to find. 
the virtual 5K, I want to talk about, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. The virtual tour that you can do of the baseball stadium is fantastic. Um, your presence on social media, is, I mean, we just saw you guys in the Hokie Club interacting with, you know, everybody that wrote in with different questions and making sure those questions were being fielded. And I think, you know, over the year plus I've been doing this and, you know, ever since I left school, it was more so, hey, like my one thing with the Hokie Club is I just want to have more Obviously, people want to go to practice. Obviously, want people want access to the different teams, but they also want to feel like it's a community, uh, the Hokie Club in general. And I think that is something that we've made huge strides in. I'm curious, what has gone into that, whether it be in a, a facelift in the social media department or different initiatives? How kind of did that come about? Certainly. So I don't know that I have a great answer for that um, because admittedly, there's a lot of people doing a lot of work. Right. And there has been. And, and one thing that is important to me, I feel like we're building on this amazing foundation. Right. It, I mean, you go down the line of the various people who have worked at Virginia Tech in, in whatever capacity. Um, and there are some really talented folks. Right. And, and I think that sometimes is lost in the shuffle. And what our responsibility is. Right. And, and I, I guess, as I've said in the beginning, I have the privilege of being responsible for, for this team. And what our team's role is, is to keep evolving us forward, right? And that means we can pay tribute to the past while also deciding what our future looks like. We don't have to, those aren't mutually exclusive events, right? We can, we can pay tribute and we can think about what comes next. And we can do that at the same time, ideally. And so when I think about, you know, where we go either and sometimes I get caught up in talking about it more from a, a holistic, this is how external can relate to our fans, right? I go back to what I said at the beginning. My day-to-day responsibility is to find a way to engage with our fan base at their level, wherever they are. And the Hokie Club is one vehicle and one piece of that puzzle, right? It's a super important piece, but it's one piece of that puzzle. And so when you take things like the virtual 5K, right, which was just mentioned uh, or the virtual tour or, or any of those components, the the best part about that behind the scenes is that those have been collaborative efforts across multiple departments working to get that done. They have not been, hey, here's this one person's job, go sit in a silo, do your work, right? It has not been that in the least. It's been different units, different departments helping to pull this thing together and make it something, again, I mean, Billy, to your point, how do you make it cool? Right. And it's not, it's not, that's not necessarily the only solution, but what I believe firmly is if we're going to claim, which I believe in my core, this is home. Right. And, and I, I, as I said to you guys, as we were sort of prepping for this, I had never set foot in the Commonwealth of Virginia until I got off the plane to tell everybody that I lived here and worked here now. Right. And I think that I, I only say that because it was important to me that I didn't know what Blacksburg looked like before I arrived. And now I love it, right? And I have grown to love it and I love the people that I work with. And if we're going to say and tell this is home, then we better make it feel like that. You know, and, and for us, it's opening our arms wide enough to let everybody in and make them part of the family. So we're going to talk a little bit about how the drive for 25 really has taken off at an unprecedented level. But you mentioned the virtual 5K, and and I was shocked at some of the results that we saw after the virtual 5K. Can we just kind of dig into what that was and what kind of results you saw um, from that virtual 5K? Yes, I would love to. The 
the virtual 5K for me, and I'll give you two parts of an answer, and I'll try to make it quick. Here are the nuts and bolts. We had 1,256 people register for this thing, right, which is awesome. We had 682 new Hokie Club members as a result of this experience, which is a really, really big deal when you think about the fact that we're adding roughly 1,000 new members a year over the last few years. So the fact that we added 682 in that day is a really, really helpful thing as we continue on the drive for 25. These stats are the ones that blew me away. There were 41 states who took part in the virtual 5K. 41 states had Hokies that ran, walked, jogged, crawled, whatever it was, 5K that day. And seven different countries took part in it. And the reason why that matters to me is because we, I don't know that we get that type of representation on a Saturday in Blacksburg in the fall. And I don't mean that in a good or bad way. I just, I have a hard time believing that 41 states are represented in Blacksburg, Virginia on a, on an average college football Saturday, right? We might, we might have 12 or 16, somewhere like that, but to go 80% of the entire United States of America that stood up and said, we're Hokies and we're doing this thing with you. To me, that is indicative of, and why I'm so excited about it is because that's indicative of where we can go and where, again, when I talk about evolution, it's not about turning an eye on the past. It's about bringing the past and moving it forward and how we do virtual events. And especially right now, you know, I mean, we had no plans and this is why I'm most excited about our team. We had no plans in March to do a virtual 5k in August. I promise you that. We had plans to do a virtual 5K in August in roughly June when we said, all right, it seems like this whole remote thing is here to stay for a little while. You know, let's find a way. Uh, and that was where that came to be. And, and, and the folks on our team who worked on that did a fantastic job connecting and communicating. And again, it, why I'm fired up about it is because it, it, the engagement level associated with that day was off the charts. When we look back at the numbers and the number of people who engaged on social in that, in that area or sent it to their friends or shared it with a neighbor, really, really, really cool metrics associated with how we continue to grow that program. And that's the thing. The community of Virginia Tech is making a, is going to be able to make such a big difference here. And just for context, so people can you know get an idea of what's going on here, the University of Virginia posts how many members have been added uh, throughout in all of 2020. You guys beat out the 468 new members that the University of Virginia Athletic Fund has since January in a day. Uh, of there we new go. Hokie, and Hokie Club members, they rate they have 468 new members according to their website. Uh, and just one day of people talking about it, getting exciting about it, and the Virginia Tech community coming together to be a part of that is what really um, is fantastic and something that is definitely to be applauded. And it comes down to people getting into this together. So um, we, uh, we, we will take that number. And if they want to ship the cut back while they're at it, we'll take that as well. So <laughs> we'll, hopefully uh, here, hopefully here right in a few weeks as well. That's right. That's right. Um, so then after the uh, virtual 5K, we want to talk about the Keep Jumping initiative, which is uh, which is the forefront. It is kind of the breaking news here. Um, and while we go into that, I want to really talk to people and lead people to understand how important this is. It's not just like we're asking. It's like this is what we need to do. It is crucially important for the future of Virginia Tech athletics, not just for football, but for all of the other sports as well. So Kind of, can you dive in a little bit about that initiative and um, kind of what we're looking to get out of it as well? I'd be happy to. The Keep Jumping 
initiative, campaign, fund, however you want to call it, what it what it essentially comes down to is, and we'll share more details. And by the, I believe by the time this airs, we'll have shared details as far as what we believe capacity will be as of today, right? And that's an important distinction with every answer we give is here's the answer as of today. It could change tomorrow, but this is what it is right now. And so the keep jumping campaign as, as a function of that is important because it, and I, I don't, I wish that I had a better way of phrasing this that doesn't make it seem so aggressive, um, but it is the, the single most important thing that people can do right now, right? It is that we need you now more than ever because the bill comes due, right? Like we all know. And, and the hard part is that, and I mean this in the, in the most sincere way possible, COVID-19 has impacted everybody, right? In one way, shape or form, either your business has been interrupted or your day-to-day has been interrupted or what you expect from your day-to-day family opportunity, right? Has been, has been interrupted. Um, And so when you think about all of that, the same rules apply to Virginia Tech Athletics, you know, and and we still have to make sure we take care of our student athletes. And that's important because we look mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, guardian in the face, our coaches do and our staff will do. And we say, we're going to take care of your child for however long they're, they're here, right? If it's a, if it's a four year or five year or three year, for however long they're a member of our Hokie family. And then long after that, we're going to take care of them. And in order to do that, as we all know, right, the reality is we need to be able to pay those bills. And so that's, that's where keep jumping really boils down to. Uh, I feel really strongly in the incentives that we've offered for folks. Right? It doesn't mean that it works for everybody, but I certainly do believe our, our team kicked it around and we had some really, really good dialogue internally as far as some people were on the fence of yes, some people were on the fence of no, some people were on the in the middle ground, right? Trying to pull people from other edges the way it's supposed to work, which was cool. But why keep jumping matters now and why it matters very much so is because when we break down the overall budget of our department, and I'll speak in generalities and sort of rough estimates, there's five primary sources of income for our, our division, right? For, for athletics as a whole, there's what we generate through ticket sales, which for all intents and purposes this year is a fraction of what it is normally. Right. And that's roughly of our hundred million dollar budget, roughly 20 million is from that line item, right? If that's what we were to call it, then in fundraising, we right around 30 million annually uh, for us, in terms of the ACC distribution, that's right around 30 million. Sponsorships are right around 10 million. And then what we'll call all other sources make up another 10 million in that equation. Uh, And so when you think about how that's impacted, COVID-19 directly impacts four of those line items. And the truth is we can't do it without you. That's the reality, right? Those are the facts. And so that's why a long answer, I apologize, but a long answer to say, that's why keep jumping is important. That's why it's important right now. Um, and it's because we, we feel strongly about where we're headed and it's kind of like to use a, a terrible metaphor. We've got six miles left in the tank and we're on the highway and the next exit is 10 miles away. Right. And we need somebody to show up with a cherry to help us just get to the gas station, you know, and, and we promise you that we will be responsible with it, but that's what we need the the help and the support for. And Evan, I'm curious. So day to day, um, just, you know, cause you're kind of here on the front lines as you've been, 
you know, working with this, uh, with this new campaign, the Keep Jumping campaign, what goes into your day? How are you spending your days raising interest and raising awareness about this new thing? And what has been the reception uh, that you have garnered from the folks that you have spoken with? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, uh, Brad has equipped us with a new uh, Ferrari um, in Salesforce. Uh, Pat Finn, shout out. Uh, but in, in all honesty, um, <laughs> you know, I'm bouncing back and forth between uh, Salesforce, Ames, which is like our BlackBot and, and our CRM on the backside, um, and then as well as, as PAC. So I'm, I'm going back and forth, seeing what people have given, where they need to be, making sure that we don't disrupt their consecutive years of giving or their consecutive tickets, um, and making sure that we're looking at what's best for the donor and being being as donor-centric as possible when making these phone calls. So I've got a list of phone calls that I need to make every day, making sure that I talk to, to people in my portfolio and people that I have relationships that aren't in my portfolio. And um, whether you're a major gift donor or you're an annual fund donor, um, I'm just trying to make sure that that you understand that we're willing to work with you, no matter what what the situation is. Um, we're willing to make sure that you know if you want to donate it, we're going to make sure that you feel really good about donating, and I'm going to thank you. Um, so I look and see of the people assigned to me in Salesforce. If you've made a donation already and you've said, you know what, I'm going to be really generous today, and I'm going to give this money to Virginia Tech. I'm going to call you up and I'm going to say thank you. And then if, if you've chosen option two and you're like, hey, I want to push this money forward, but I want to donate some of it, I'm going to say thank you. And we appreciate you keeping your money with us for 2020, 2021. And then if you've picked option three, I just want to call you, see if there's any any questions that I can answer for you and see if there's any way that we you, you want to choose to keep any money with us um, at Virginia Tech. So those are my calls. Those are my day to day. And it's, it's been a lot of honestly, it's been a lot of fun to, to talk to our base and talk to our donors um, and see what their responses are and see, you know, kind of how they're, how they're doing with COVID also. Um, I've talked to a, a lot of really great people, uh, today, yesterday, Monday. So it's been fun. That is one key to Evan's point. We've got, we've got some special people, right? Like special people that count themselves as Hokies. Um, and, and we are fortunate to talk to a lot of them and these people, like that's what gives us hope in this whole process. Right. Uh, I mean, COVID, if COVID has taught us anything, it's that everybody misses being together. And I promise you, we miss like we want to be in lane. Right. We wanted to be in lane on September 5th and we wanted to play Penn State on September 12th. Um, and we'll, we'll make the best of it, certainly. But goodness gracious, there is something special about that place when it is rocking and the earth is shaking. So going to take a quick time out here. Hit the pause button. Because we got to acknowledge our wonderful sponsors over at Homefield Apparel. First of all, this team. This team has such great spirit. And we partnered with them because we really like them and re- we really like their values and, and uh, ideals here. They are making collegiate apparel for all passionate Virginia Tech fans and all passionate college football fans across the board. If you go to their website, they got apparel from... I think over 50 universities at this point and you know they got everything from fcs to mid-major to power five and uh, are really expanding and growing but they got some really cool specific hokey stuff a lot of throwback stuff got a skipper cannon on the t-shirt uh got your tv retro logo on there a little fighting gobbler action and let's not forget how comfortable this home field apparel is it is extremely comfortable they sent me the care package i put my hand in 
the sleeves and I was like, is this real material? It's like magical cotton. So go to Home Field Apparel, check out the Virginia Tech selection, go type in Sons of Sat, one word, Sons of Sat, and you'll get 20% off your first order from Home Field Apparel, Apparel, excuse me, Will Farrell, Home Field Apparel. Home Field Apparel, go check them out. They're incredible, and uh, they are a proud partner of the Sons of Saturday podcast. Evan, I wanted to I wanted to follow up with uh, you know some of that um, highlight around technology. Um, love the Salesforce shout out, but um, I guess if you could take yourself, you know, from last August, August 2019, and then see where you are now in August of 2020. Um, in what other ways has technology been able to enable the Hokie Club? Because in general, I mean, using Salesforce is going to really help. Uh, an organization like Salesforce, if you look at it high level, it is a sales organization and you're looking to bring in more money and um, you know, you're going to need the tools to be able to do that. But um, h- how has that impacted uh, the organization in a positive way? Well, I- I'll go even farther back than, than 2019. I was um, hoping you would. Yeah. Ultimately um, the technology's changed a whole lot since I've, I've been here. I was, I was brought in in August of, of 16 um, when the whole transition to HSF and the Hokie Scholarship Fund and a per seat model, you know, came about. Um, it, and with that transition, they moved to um, a system called Advantage LUTs. Since then, uh, we they they were bought by Pacquiolan, which is a, the the ticket um, provider we use, and and Pacquiolan buys everyone, which is is great. Um, so we now use Pac on that end. Um, Salesforce is helping with that, and they talk to one another. Um, Ames is what what we as advancement employees and, and some of the people that are doing more of the fundraising, uh, we use that to document um, what we're doing. So, so Blackbot talks to PAC, um, PAC talks to Salesforce, and, and it's just three pieces of technology that make my job, my day-to-day so much easier. Um, I was on all three today this morning making sure that someone's account was credited, right? Because Every, every person is different. Every donor we deal with, they're all special. They're all different circumstances. You may have a matching gift from your, from your company. You may, your HSF um, may be credited because you made a gift in 2016 and we had to, you know, put you in a cap and override you, you know, a lot of internal terms, but things that, you know, we work through on a day-to-day basis. So the technology that Brad has has afforded us with in this, this Ferrari of, you know, in the garage, it's actually three Ferraris now. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to play with. And the data, I mean, I can look at right now. I, I mean, the pressure's on, I can look at in Salesforce. I can look at exactly how much is attributed to me and my donors and how much is staying in the door and how much is being moved to a donation in the keep dumping fund. So I can look at that on a daily basis and I can say, I'm doing a good job or, I probably need to, you know, call them back and tell the story better if, if you were. Love to hear that, uh, that type of enablement. And then a new program that is also one of the things that um, has come about recently is the recent graduate program. And I know that um, maybe some more personnel was added because of this program and, uh, you know, some, some other folks are being focused on it. But um, would love to hear kind of like a highlight on the recent grad program, Evan, and, uh, you know, Tell us how it's been going so far. You know, any any type of feedback or um, you know what future initiatives that program will entail as well. Great point. 
that. Um, I, I, I love the fact that you said new because that just is going to go to what I'm about to say even better. We've had this program around for the last five years. So it's not so much new. It's just that our team, the, the team around it, the team working it, Hannah, um, Paul, Grant, that whole annual fund team, Shelby Lent, they have done a much better job of publicizing the fact that it's out there and it's an opportunity for us to, to bring in young alumni and donors and, and bring them in and, and cultivate them up the ladder, right? We start with the student hockey club. We move them up or, or even the kids club for that matter, if you want to go that far. We start with the kids club, right? And then you go to the student hockey club and then you move up to the young alumni of the recent grad program. And then from there, you're a, you're a full-fledged member of the hockey club. And so every one of those things is so important because it's, it's the cultivation process, right? You, you identify, right? Identifying is a lot of the times it's self self done here. You're a Hokie. You love, you love Virginia tech. You walk into Blacksburg and you, you do nothing but love Virginia tech. So identify is easy. It's the cultivation right up the ladder that we sometimes struggle with and letting people know what we're doing. So in this case, it's been around, but the team, the team has done a better job of pushing it out. Um, we're probably, and Brad, you can correct me if I'm wrong because I don't have the exact numbers on this. I haven't been in this in this uh, sandbox for a little while, but probably in the 600 range of, of young alumni that are, are currently in that program. Um, I, again, it could be a little bit off in that number, but uh, I know it was it was north of, the, uh, of, of 600 the last time I checked. So I want to talk a little bit about results that we've had. And Brad, um, you know, I want to talk about the great success that we have seen since 2016. But to paint the entire picture, what we did is we kind of put together some statistics here that we've seen since 2003. And I'm going to turn it over to Pat to kind of set the table here. Yeah, I'll read this from an excerpt um, from a tech sideline write-up that was done in May. Um, When tech announced the Drive for 25 campaign in December of 2016, with the goal of increasing Hokie Club membership to 25,000 members, the Hokie Club had finished the previous year with just 9,874 members. So it's essentially the, uh, the capacity of Castle Coliseum. That was down from an all-time high of just over 12,000 members in 2002 and 2003. So we were at just under 10,000, and we're like, okay, we got to double this. We were at over 10,000, you know, over a decade ago. First, I want to ask, you know, historically speaking, kind of like a where we were thing. Why do you think the membership in the Hokie Club went down between 2003 and from when this Drive for 25 campaign was launched in 2016? Yeah, so I could probably speak to that um, pretty well. It used to be that if you wanted to get, we had, a, you know, we were sold out in season tickets. We, we had a waiting list um, because of what Michael had, had done for the university and for the program. Um, and you had to be a Hokie club member to get those, those tickets. And then um, we didn't capitalize on, on that. Right. We didn't do a great job on, on capitalizing on that. So um, at the end of the day, people, people were like, well, the only reason I would join the Hokie club is to get season tickets and we're sold out and I can't get season tickets. So I'm not going to join the Hokie club. They saw it as more of a transactional thing at that time than, than more of a philanthropic thing. Right. There was no relationship there. It was more, okay. You know, it's, it's about providing student athlete scholarships at the end of the day. That's, that's the annual fund as well as, you know, the capital campaign projects that we do. It's about, you know, the student athlete experience. 
Um, and, and I think that we just got to a point where we were, um, you know, we had sold out of season tickets and that was the reason to, to join the Hokie club at that time. But I think that people kind of saw that that wasn't the reason it's, it's really to provide the student athlete experience. And that's why I think you've seen the jump. We've told the story better. I mean, Brad's team, Hokie vision, um, the SIDs, uh, strategic communication, they've told the story a lot better for us. And it's helped, helped, helped my job and it's helped everyone in our office um, tell that story as well. And let's talk a little bit about the strides that we've made since then. Um, before jumping into that, I do want to say that I can't thank everyone that um, that does join the Hokie Club. And that's exactly right. Like, I know that without the help that I got from from SAS and the organization that I had from football and the organization or the textbooks that I was able to have. I mean, truthfully speaking, I wouldn't have been able to have the opportunity to go to Virginia Tech, get a degree from Virginia Tech, the best four years of my life, um, and just you know, pays dividends every year after that. So, you know, I'm eternally grateful. And I know that, you know, me and my former teammates have always talked about, you know, those best four years, four or five years. Um, and it wouldn't be possible without the members of the Hokie Club. So I think really understanding that and understanding that, yes, you get some great perks and yes, it's 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 great community. But at the same standpoint, the uh, I'm not going to mention any people by names, but all the people that are current athletes now that you're cheering for, rooting for, but also seeing to go into the professional world after, it is because of the Hokie Club that this is able to happen. So I can't thank you all enough for that. Um, but I want to talk about the success that we've seen since Drive from 25. And Brad, I just want to kind of talk about the numbers that we have seen and uh, some of the successes that we have been able to achieve. So when you when you look at it, and, and to Evan's point, right, one thing that's important we are not alone in solving these challenges nationally. You know, I, I mean, every school in the country is solving similar problems, right? And similar challenges and, and the, it, the cost of doing business goes up. And that really is, it, it's hard, right? Because we, at the end of the day, we are a nonprofit. And that is what we, like all of our money is reinvested back into our student athletes. That's it, right? That's the goal. And so when I think about where we're headed and, and where a lot of a lot of the team has has seen amazing results, right? and there's no denying it. Like the team that that has that has worked here in the Hokie Club and in the the other various organizations and departments within our within our institution, um, they they've done a miraculous job. Really, really, really good work. And sometimes that story isn't necessarily shared because that story doesn't show up in the box score. You know, that, that never shows up in the box score. And when, when we talk about our numbers and, and where they head and where, where they trend, what I can tell you is that nationally speaking, people like Evan and the rest of our team are getting calls all the time by our peers that are saying, Hey, how, how did this happen? Right? Like, how did you, you, you didn't necessarily do it in one way, right? So show us all of the options and walk us through and, and help, you know, consult with us or, or work with us and, and teach us or show us and share ideas. And so it's, it's hard to say this is one solution, right? There's no silver bullet in the equation. There never is. It is a series of steps across the board, right? And it's consistent pressure over time that using, again, use the, the 5K as an example. That's 682 new members, as we've talked about in our team, the responsibility now falls on us to retain those members. Right? We got them in the door. Now, are we showing them around? 
Are we treating them to lunch? Are we finding a way to get involved? How are we going to do it? I, when we talk about numbers and, and where we're going using digital as, as a tool for us, and this is, and Evan has heard me use this reference over and over again, for us to get to 25,000 members, if we assume that every person that we ask to join the Hokie Club, if 50% of them say yes, right? So if, if I take Pat out for lunch and Billy out for lunch, one of you says yes, one of you says no. Based on the number of employees and team members that we have, each of our staff would have to take 17 people to lunch every day to get to 25,000 people annually, right? That's not a made up number, 17 lunches. And we've got some folks who can eat now, me included, but (laughs) 17 lunches is hard to pull off. Conversely, again, where I talked earlier about transformational and transactional, right? Let's use some of our digital tools to connect with recent grad program, et cetera, on student Hokie club on and on down the line. And let's get mass quantities through digital right? Like a virtual 5k. And then let's have a system in place that shows I, I'm making up names. If, if Joe was the first time Hokie club member because of the virtual 5k, we have 12 months to convince Joe that it's a worthwhile investment a second time. You know, and that's how we look at it. Once you're in the door and once we've invited you in and you've, you've accepted the invitation, what do we do next to keep you with us? And that long answer to say, I'm, I'm really good at being long-winded, I apologize. Long answer to say, the growth in membership is a direct result of the work that all those people have done, right? And, and all of the, the changes to the Hokie Scholarship Fund and the, the launch of the Hokie Scholarship Fund and the way we've attacked individual donors, all of that leads to these results. I tell our team all the time, if, if we worry about results, if we worry about our metrics, right, and the end game, as a result and not an objective, and we take care of our business, then it'll handle itself, right? And it's no different than our coaches. There's a reason and when, when Fu was on and he talked about worry about the process, right? Don't just worry about the score, obviously. And, and he talked a lot about like, you know, you can learn something in wins and losses. We want the result to be what we ideally hope for, right? We want 25,000 members, but growth is a good thing. And sometimes the loss is a good thing too. Being able to learn from it and adjust to it, uh, that's really what it comes down to, right? It's our goal, the 25,000, if we're doing it right and we're doing it correctly, 25,000 will be a result and not an objective for us. And taking a look at that high level, even looking at this chart here that I'm looking at, we can tweet it out um, from OxVT and Tech Sideline. From when the Drive for 25 launched, in 2016, we had 9,800 members. Now we're on the cusp of having, you know, 18.5 thousand members. And that is essentially double of where we were four years ago. And when this thing launched four years ago, everyone was saying, we'll never get there, you know, and look in the rear view and see how far we've come. 2020 was the most additions, or I guess in the 2019 fiscal was the most uh, additions ever to the Hokie Club. So we've done some cool things the last year, got the new website that launched, the recent grab program is more, uh, you know, kind of has more of a brand awareness now, virtual 5k, even some software implementation, you know, the Ferrari that Evan's been talking about. From all these things that have been going on, what can we really anticipate that's kind of like the next best thing or the next big thing that is coming out of the hook club that we should be excited about. And that, you know, we'll get me and Billy Ray and other folks fired up to, you know, open up our checkbook and, uh, you know, write another check for the next year. 
Well, the good part is we, that was what we were going to ask you guys at the end is when you were going to open up your checkbook at the end of the conversation. Um, but we may as well jump right into it, righty? With all that good technology, I know both these guys have been given to the Hokie Club for years, and I'm, we, can't, we can't tell you how thankful. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the truth. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a hard question to answer, and so I'll try to be brief on it. Um, I believe that the next step for us is refining process, right? I really do. And it's identifying, and, and that sounds buzzwordy and I don't mean it that way. It's I, what I've seen, right. In, in my time here as a Hokie, um, which again, it's, and I think what's important to note to folks is you've got a ton of people on our team. Some of them, and I said this to you all the other day, some of them are Hokies by birth. Some of them are Hokies by degree. Some of them are Hokies by choice, me included in that latter category, but we're all Hokies. Right? And we're all pushing hard for the betterment of Virginia Tech. What I believe you will see internally, and this is speaking to the team that I'm privileged to work with every day, we will refine the roles for folks and we will focus on functional expertise. Right, So instead of having 10 people doing 10% of one job, we're going to have one person do one job and they're going to be our expert at it. And then we're going to let that expert do it. Right, And that's going to be what it's going to be. That's an important distinction because being candid, that is, that is a, a bit of an adjustment from the traditional collegiate athletics model where it was, and there's nothing wrong with this, right? But everybody pitches in and we're all in this together. That is true. But we can all be in together and, and coach and I talk about it all the time. We need to ask point guards to be point guards. And we need to ask power yeah. forwards to be power forwards, right? We don't need the point guard on the block every possession, Right. It doesn't mean they can't show up there. It just means they shouldn't be there all the time. So that's what we really are going to focus on. It may not be flashy. It may not, it may not be out there in the public. It may not be super exciting, but we're going to focus on the work and defining what the work does and how that leads to results. And I got to tell you, Brad, that's, that's probably the thing that I'm, I'm, I've heard the most, like, like I mentioned it earlier, the thing that y'all did with the baseball, with the baseball uh, stadium and kind of getting to click into all of the different facilities that they have or some of the other initiatives that you've done. I mean, I'm fired up hearing the numbers that you're telling me, like the best year that we've ever had last year, the virtual 5k, like, and being transparent, like, I think more people would be more excited about that if those facts were easier to access, or if we saw them more. And that comes from people talking about it, people retweeting it, people, you know, getting fired up about these different events. And, you know, I'm asking everybody that's listening to this, anybody that's tweeting this out, like, you know, that's what we got to continue to do is shine a light on the awesome things that are being done. And I think having some more direction, having some more, you know, as you mentioned, software, you have the Ferrari now and all these different things so that you are enabled to do the best job that you can. It's going to put everyone in a position to feel a lot better or more encouraged to get other people in the boat, as we like to say on this podcast all the time. You're right. You're right. To speak to Pat's point, um, one of Brad's things is these mini campaigns, right? The, mm-hmm the virtual 5k is a mini campaign and it's all part of this big drive for 25 right so there's like a we did a paint the state a couple years ago and we've done the drive for 25 days or team months you know things like that mini campaigns each month are going to be kind of more about what you're going to see coming out of the hokey club as far as a tangible thing that you're going to see i think you'll see some more of those you know give the gift of of a hokey club membership in december and um you know us thanking everyone in november it's there's going to be a whole lot more um, mini campaigns coming from us if if Brad's if I'm speaking correctly. Yeah, absolutely. And it you know you, 
again, I, I always go back to the transformational transactional. I, I just, I harp on it with our team yeah. and, and, and I'm, I'm surprised Evan isn't just shaking hearing me say it over and over again. But the <laughs> truth is, and we've got some exciting stuff happening right now and it, and I can't give all the details on it, um, but we've got some pretty cool things with some pretty special people who have stepped up astronomically to help support football. Um, and, you know, you, you see a lot, there's a lot out there and we've got some incredibly generous people. And the re- what I've learned in my three years at Virginia Tech is that Hokies are A, special and B, humble, right? They don't talk a lot about what they're doing or how they're doing it. And I think to the point that was made, that's where we've struggled in the space of telling everybody the results because we haven't really wanted to sometimes, you know, like we've tried to say, Hey, yeah, we still have work to do, right? Like, let's just put our head down and go back to work. And we have to stop at some point and smell the roses. And what I'm super excited about is what we've got cooking right now uh, behind the scenes for football and some of the folks who have stepped up in a really big way uh, to help continue to move this thing forward and to drive it to where we are competing regularly for, for certain scenarios. Um, and that that's one that, again, like more details to come on that, but it's, it's tough because some of the folks who committed to this program don't want us to tell anybody they did, you know, and, and we want to celebrate them and they are so gracious and so generous that they're like, Hey, we'll just do it behind the scenes. And we, we just, we trust you. So behind the scenes is fine. All right, so now we've reached and can't thank you guys enough. I think, again, shining a light on everything that's going on is, is fantastic. And, you know, the second half here, we have uh, questions written in from, uh, from fans and listeners just seeking some more insight onto what's going on. And the first section that we have is related to the 2020 um, climate and COVID and uh, the Keep Jumping campaign. So the first question here comes from Doug King. Uh, and he wants to know, can you break down the potential $50 million shortfall and what areas it comes from? The obvious are ticket sales and media contract, but what other areas of lost revenue? You already answered this. Um, question here, how do we give some of the per seat gift and tickets to the Keep Jumping Fund and the rest of 2021 and the rest for 2021? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just call one of us. Um, I, I was about to give my cell phone number on air, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so um, go ahead and call our main line, 540-231-6618. Um, and you, you'll be able to talk to, uh, to Jordan or, or, or any one of our, our staff members in the office. Here's another one submitted from Twitter. How do we keep our consecutive giving and ticket purchase points? It seems like the only way to do that is to convert it all to hashtag keep jumping or roll it all forward to next year. And so there's a, there's a myriad of ways that we're willing to work with people. Um, Again, it's, it's probably best if we have those conversations one off. Um, Ultimately, if, if you have, if you have to pull your money out, if you had to, if there was something that, that you needed and, and you had to pull that money out, you know, we'd still encourage you to keep some of it in your HSF uh, so that you continued your continued continuous years of giving um, and some of it in um, a ticket account so that you, you continued those years. Um, you know, basically if you keep a, a the cost of a ticket in there, um, you know, we can, we can work with that. JJ Singleton, my father was wondering, shout out JJ, my father was wondering if he credits our season tickets to next year will be to keep our seasons we picked this year. 
yeah, no matter what, um, the, even if, even if you were to, um, have to pull out the money, uh, your, the seats that you pick this year will roll into the, to the next year. Yeah. I'll follow up on that one. Is there a reseeding going to be three years out or is it pushed out another year now? Do we know anything about the next reseeding? It is a work in progress is what I'd say right now. You know, uh, we, we, we're still trying to get to September 1st, so we will, we will solve that one. Uh, but what I can promise is that we will be super upfront about it and we will tell everybody the truth and we will explain what we're going to do and we'll tell everybody in plenty of time so they can plan appropriately. Cool. A couple more here from uh, Keep Jumping. Al Jones says, if you credit your ticket purchase toward a prepaid account that can be used to buy future football games in 2020 or 21, while crediting your per seat gift towards 2021, will you be able to reselect your seats or parking location if desired for the next year? Full answer on that is no. Uh, but what I'm assuming, and and again, things could change, but I'm assuming that we'll do things as we normally do uh, with not a full reseating, but a seat selection and a seat selection time. So if he wanted to move those things around um, at that point, perfectly, perfectly acceptable. And, and that's something we could work with him on. Yeah. Last question uh, surrounding 2020 comes from Amber. What's the difference in donating to the Keep Jumping Fund, the Hokie Scholarship Fund, and the sports-specific giving? Are there different benefits, and how is the money used for each of those different columns? Absolutely. I can run through that pretty quickly. Um, sports-specific giving is going to be supplemental funds to their operating budget. So when you give to a sport, you're, you're giving to help them with some of the things that they need throughout the year. Um, unless it's a capital campaign project, in which case you might be giving to a building or a construction project. Uh, when you give to the HSF or the Hokie Scholarship Fund, uh, you're giving for your benefit level and your per seat minimums. So if you have tickets, um, if you have parking, those are things that you want to make sure you gave to the HSF or the Hokie Scholarship Fund. And then the final thing would be the Keep Jumping Fund. It's new. Um, any gift that's given that's new outside of your per seat or tickets will receive two times priority points. Um, and any gift that you give that's associated with your 2020 per seat or your tickets will be receiving five times the priority point. So it's basically where you want to use your, your funds. Um, if you're, if you're really excited about 2021 season, I'm suggesting you you put your money in HSF. If you don't care and you love wrestling, then I suggest you give your money to wrestling. And if if you're wanting to help Virginia Tech no matter what, and you know it's tough times, then put it at keep put it in keep jumping. Evan, great job! Right, out, Johnny on the spot with the answers. Awesome, <laughs> awesome job. Full transparency. And uh, here we go. We're going to go into the general questions now. Our last segment here. Um, and Pat, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? All right. So a question that I'm kind of submitting here had a, had a couple of write-ins about this as well. Um, where does the money go? Because I know the Hokie Scholarship Fund is one option. Um, specific programs is another option. Having an idea of, you know, are we, go, are, are we going to get creative about where does the money go? You know, I know like for golf, for instance, if you donated X towards the golf program, you can join them on their annual trip to Puerto Rico or wherever they go. Um, I know that was a thing in the past. Um, you know, what, if I wanted to donate a hundred dollars towards soccer uniforms or a thousand dollars towards, you know, range balls at the river course, like 
Um, are there any creative ways that are coming down the pipe that, um, you know, are kind of new designations rather than just, yeah, I went to football. Yeah. I went to the scholarships. Um, but you know, it'd be cool to walk around town and say, Hey, see those soccer jerseys. I donated them. Yeah. So it, it, it's a, it's a really good question. Uh, and it's a cool way to look at it and something that we've talked about then to give you an example, right. Is we've even talked about the membership levels that we have in the Hokie scholarship fund. Each of those membership levels in some way, shape or form ties into something a student athlete receives, right? So if you join at the $600 level, that's books for a kid for the year, right? If you join at the $15,000 level, that's room and board for a student athlete for the year. If you join it and on and on down the line. So I do believe that there is a way to get creative with how we identify those funding sources and, and to the question specifically where the money goes, right? We, and I, what's important to me is not everybody, not everybody needs to know how the sausage is made, right? They just need to know they're showing up at a great cookout. And that's what, that's our job, right? Like it's our job to, to figure it out. And it's our job to put a plan in place that all of our fans and our Hokie club members and folks who believe in, in the mission of Virginia tech, our, our job is to give them an opportunity to enjoy it and to experience it. And so is that, Hey, you helped fund uniforms and is that you helped fund new helmets or sure. Right. It can be any of those things. Um, I think being candid right now, we got to get through what, you know, the, the pandemic has sort of given us, right. We got to get through that. And then you'll see a lot of that come into effect uh, as we continue to change the narrative and shape the narrative with everybody. Another write-in that we had here um, was, uh, will we see any improvements to the Hokie Club online store? I guess I'll kind of expand that. Do you guys have anything on the roadmap for expand, uh, for improvements across the online presence uh, for the Hokie Club or the Hokie Club store? I'll do my best to answer that at a, at a larger level than the Hokie Club online store. It may, to be honest, the Hokie Club online store may not be something that is a really important component for us moving forward. And the mm-hmm. reason I say that is because it, it may not be exactly what's in the cards. You know, we have a fantastic partnership, um, both in person here on campus with the bookstore and then online, uh, we partner with a, a firm fanatics, which is the primary licensing group and merchandising firm for the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, major league baseball, all of college athletics, essentially, uh, And there's so many, you know, when we talked before about Salesforce and all that, we're able to work with those partners to find, hey, Billy Ray bought a hat and he lives in California. And maybe Billy Ray has interest in joining the Hope Club, right? Or maybe he has has enough interest that he bought a Virginia Tech hat. And through that partnership, we're able to get access to those data points. And so the reason I use that as the example is because the Hokie Club store is not on that platform. Right. And when we talk about, as I said before, when I think about like our team and the connective tissue, we have to find a way to get things into one system, you know, and having them in one system is helpful. We got another question here from Grant Watson, and uh, I want to shout out Grant Watson. He has been the biggest advocate for the Student Hokie Club since we've started doing this Uh, and also submitting haikus. I mean, this guy, if there's an initiative, he's jumping on board. Uh, he wants to just ask, you know, can you both talk about the importance of joining the student hockey club and why uh, why students should jump in? 
Yeah, I got to shout out Grant and and Tristan and the rest of those guys <laughs> tweeting uh, and David, everybody that was tweeting about the Student Hokey Club. Those are all those are all members of the Student Hokey Club Leadership Council. Um, uh, Paul Torgerson is now running the Student Hokey Club, but I had it for the last four years, and and they are an integral part in making sure that that thing runs and and is getting better. Um, every every member of the Student Hokey Club uh, that I worked with helped transition it from it was just a volunteer sign up kind of thing to now they're counted as actual members because they're making a twenty five dollar contribution. So that wasn't anything that I did. That was the hard work of those those leadership council kids, and and I couldn't thank them enough. So if they're listening, Grant and Tristan. David, Rachel, Caroline, all of those, they, you know, all of those people, they did a great job, but it's like we talked about earlier, right? It's the cultivation. It's moving up the ladder. So if you get a student that's a freshman and they join the student hockey club and they're in it for four years, they're going to hear hockey club, hockey club, hockey club. They're going to get some of our programming. And then as soon as they, they graduate, they can become a young alum. And once they've become a young alum and they're in it for a little bit longer, it's just like the old adage, your first gift is never your last and it's always your smallest. So it's one of those things that I think that if the Student Hokey Club can be successful, it can be really, really good for our young alumni and making being a Hokey Club member cool again, like, like Billy said. So the next question comes from Travis Dye and his question was, what's the Hokey Club strategy towards former student athletes? And, you know, this is a great question because, you know, just speaking transparently, I know that former student athletes definitely want to be involved. And even from speaking to some from, you know, years and years past, uh, a couple of years ago, it was there seemed to be a little bit of a disconnect between, you know, current sports and sports now uh, or the regime now. But there's obviously been a huge change. I mean, bringing Fuller back. We talked about this with Coach Fuente on the last episode with how many former Hokie grads are in the Virginia Tech football program. I'm just curious how you look to continue to nurture the relationship of athletes as they do leave Virginia Tech or athletes that are already out the door um, and look to get them more involved around the program. So for when we think about nurturing the relationship, it all comes down to what we said earlier, and this is home, right? Like that, that's the goal for us is if you, if you were here and whether that is you were a former student athlete or you were a former manager or you were a former trainer or you are a, a former teammate of us like on the staff or you're a or a you're a grad or you are a fan or a friend of it, it, in reality in our mind our goal is to make you feel like you're coming back to somewhere that means something to you and it means something different to everyone but how we engage with you the the hard part is there's no one solution, you know, it, it like the way Evan wants to be welcome back is different than the way Pat wants to be welcome back and on and on down the line. And what we have to do is I, I, I go back to the, the, this is home motto because it means something to all of us. And we just want to, we want to open the door, right? We want to make sure that we've got meat on the grill. We've got drinks in the fridge and you can make yourself at home. You know, like it, it should feel like you're going over to a friend's place and you don't need to ask if you can get something out of the fridge in those equations. You just, you know where they are. And so that, you know, that, that's a, that's an easy metaphor to say. It's sometimes hard to do, but it is 
very much welcoming people back with open arms and, and making them part of it um, and making them feel like they have a role to play because we can't do this on our own and we need, we need them to be part of it because they've always been part of it. I want to, I can't thank you both for the time today. And we discussed this, Pat and I, in the pre-roll uh, of how important this is and how passionate we are about it. And we're going to continue to be passionate about it. And just, you know, y'all's willingness to come on here, answer some questions and, and the engagement that we've seen across Hokie Nation. I mean, to understand the progress that we've made and the willingness to sit down and talk about everything that's going on. I mean, we look to continue to you know, have this relationship going, continue to raise awareness about the Hokie Club and continue to praise the things that are going on great. And again, can't thank both of you enough and really look forward to seeing what's next out of this program. We appreciate both of you, uh, Grayson as well, you know, being advocates for Virginia Tech, being advocates for the Hokie Club. We appreciate your support and your generosity, you know, through the Hokie Club and, and supporting student athletes and their, and their experience at Virginia Tech. So, Really can't thank you enough. Um, the next time that you have Brad on, I think you should ask him ask him about Orange Smoke and other things like that. But I think that you know I really appreciate today. That is, uh, th- there it is. Um, we we really. Well, you all brought it up. Is the Orange Smoke hey. coming next year? <laughs> Orange Smoke. <laughs> hey, here's the deal, and this is what I believe, right? And I and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a little bit about how, how I, how I think and how I operate and how I ask our team to operate. We have this amazing, and I've said it over and over again, we have this amazing foundation at Virginia tech that I believe in so completely. And it's our job to build on top of it. Right. And that means that we have to innovate and we have to try some things and it doesn't mean they're always going to work, but it doesn't mean they're always going to fail. And the example that I would give that obviously means something here is the first game that enter Sandman played before the team took the field, I promise you people didn't like it. Not everybody, but some people didn't like it, right? And now it is harmonious with everything that Virginia Tech stands for, and there's a reason why it is considered to be the rockingest entrance in college football, right? And it, and it didn't happen that way on game number one. It happened over time, and it happened – it happened as tradition were as tradition was built, and and there's so many things right that that fall into that category. What I can tell everybody is we're not going to be perfect, right? But we're going to try really hard to get better. And when we think about how we can improve day after day, it does mean we have to try some things that may or may not be popular. And it means that we then have to listen to some feedback, and it means we have to distill that feedback and figure out what to do with it. And so when I think about where we're going and how excited I am and how much I believe in our people. It boils down to to be on brand, right? It's trying to treat people like they mean something to us and like they're special. And it's trying to try some things that are maybe new, that are a little scary and maybe some work and maybe some don't. Um, But heck, I mean, hall of fame baseball players hit 333, you know, and they're, and they're hall of famers. So we want to hit, we want hit hit for better average than that. I promise you doesn't mean we won't make a mistake if we do those three things and we do them together as a squad right and squad goes across the board then the results will follow and that that is what I believe in my core that's what I believe we show up for to work on every day Um, and more than anything I believe in the power of Hokie fans right and that is something that has been overwhelming for me since the day I showed up here three years ago and and it's such a powerful force 
Um, and so I'm really, really, if, if it's not obvious, I am super excited about where this thing heads and where we can take it and how we can get there. Um, and it, it really will take everybody to get us there. But it doesn't mean we won't come up with some harebrained ideas in the process. All we ask is you don't lose faith in us. <laughs> and, to, and to be determined on Orange Smoke, I'll tell you what, we will have another podcast exclusively around Orange Smoke. Around, I gotta tell you, the game day experience. We'd love to talk a little bit about yeah. the game yeah. day experience and we can. everything that's coming Anytime. on here. And whenever that, uh, whenever that day does come and we can get back into Lane Stadium, can't wait for that. In the meantime, though, get on your phone, get on your computer, head on over to hokeyclub.com, pick up the phone. What number are we calling, Evan? Evan, what number are we calling? You are on mute. <laughs> <laughs> You know, this is my first podcast, guys. I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm <laughs> all over the place. Uh, it's 540-231-6618. Um, and you're going to get a, a lovely member of the Hokie Club staff to talk to. And um, we, we look forward to hearing from you, honestly. Absolutely. Like, go ahead. Like the Hokie Club on Instagram. Like the Hokie Club on Facebook. We're doing Facebook plugs. And, of course, follow on Twitter as well. I don't think Hokie Club has a TikTok account, and that is okay. But... <laughs> This has been a ton of fun, guys. Thanks for joining. Doing a great job, gentlemen. Looking forward to everything coming forward. Hey, we appreciate it. So thank you, everyone, for joining us here this afternoon. Um, a quick quick announcement, but before we get into it, I just want to elaborate. Uh, shout out to Dr. Cranham at the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. I got to tell you, I came down Wednesday night to Richmond, got a big-time wedding this weekend. Shout out Bryce Chalkley my guy, and I was going to go visit Dr. Cran at the Chesapeake Center because I, you know, I need some work done. I, I chipped my tooth in over the winter and uh, haven't been able to make it to the dentist, so I got to hit up my guy, JC, and traffic really, really bogged me down, and uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to push that appointment back, and it was, you know, honestly pretty upsetting. I really wanted to go in there, check it out, and uh, maybe even do some do a little vlog. I don't know. We'll, we'll get a vlog together for uh, for the Chesapeake Center. But gotta go in there. Gotta give them some mad props and uh, and shoutouts. They uh, have great people on their staff. John, Kristen Cranham. Anything that you need, any type of help uh, for cosmetic dentistry, uh, anything from a teeth cleaning to a you know type of uh, oral surgery. Anything from a teeth cleaning to you know fixing a chipped tooth. Head on down there. Great people. Mention Sons of Saturday for 50% off teeth bleachings. But yeah, great interview. Really glad they uh, they took some time out of their day to join us, Brad and Evan. And uh, we will be rolling out a part two with Brad next month. I uh, want to talk about game day operations, whether it's you know music or Hokey Village or the orange smoke that was mentioned. You know, Maybe even we talk about stick it in. Uh, send in your questions. We will have some good questions for Brad, and uh, I'm sure that when we are all back in Lane Stadium, uh, that Brad and the staff are doing their best to make sure that we are having an incredible experience. So other than that, thanks for listening, and uh, here's some more 555 for you. Cry you some song from the world to create.